Uh, tonight, I want to get into the subject of prayer, if we can. Uh, and just, I really believe that it's important for us to understand this subject. And obviously, this is Wednesday night, so it's going to be an ongoing uh, uh, service that we have on a regular basis. So it allows us to go a little bit deeper. And obviously, you're the crowd that comes out beyond a Sunday morning, and you said, I'm hungry. I want more of God, or at least I want to be. And so as a result of that, we're just purposing to just go further in God. And this aspect of prayer is really something that I believe God is wanting us to become. A people of prayer, a people that will yield to the spirit of prayer and just allow God to use us. Do you realize that God cannot do anything in the earth unless we first give him permission? Now you may say, well, that's God. What does he need your permission for? You realize that he lost the control, and lost access to this earth when man fell. And so Jesus restored man back to his rightful place, but God still needs man to give permission or pray or to pray on behalf of what God's will is for God to be able to move. And once again, just to give you an illustration of that, concerning the Holy Spirit. Remember the Holy Spirit was hovering on the face of the waters at the beginning of creation? And the Bible tells us in Isaiah that the Holy Spirit was the one that created the world. But He just hovered there. He didn't do anything. The only time He moved or began to work at the creation is when God said, let there be, or God said. And so the Holy Spirit is wanting to cooperate with us. God's wanting to cooperate with us, but He's waiting for us to say, okay, God, we are praying on your behalf. And God is looking to move in this time and this hour that we're in. He's wanting to pour out His Spirit. He's wanting to touch people's lives. And the Bible says that He's coming soon, and He's wanting to reach as many for the kingdom of God as He can before it's time for us to go home, right? And the thing about this is that Many of us would say that we're hungry for the things of God. We want God to move. We want to see God move in our days. And in order for us to do that, again, we've got to take our place and pray for that. In fact, if you really begin to see it, you you see God moving throughout the entire earth. In fact, He's moving in nations right now. Uh, You hear, hear stories all the time of overseas where... Mass revival has taken place and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands in one setting are getting saved and coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You're hearing uh, uh, from nations uh, across the world where miracle signs and wonders are taking place and we're saying, God, that's so awesome. It's so cool to hear those things, but where is God in America? And that's really the big question is where is God in America? Well, unfortunately, the church of America has just really gotten lazy, has gotten fat and happy. And God is really wanting to move in this hour in the church of America. He's wanting to move in this church. He's wanting to move in the greater Flint area. But we've got a purpose to position ourselves and pray and allow God to move on our behalf. Right? And so we've got to begin to strategize what does that look like? How do we get in God's face? How do we purpose to pray to allow His will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Well, once again, we've seen those things come and go in times past. You know, if you begin to look over, over the last several years, uh, well, in fact, before I say that, I, I, I should say this. When it comes to this move of God, what God is wanting to do, He's moving in such a way 
that when he comes back, he says, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, without blemish. He's coming back for a glorious church. Now, do you know what that means? Now, he's not coming back for a perfect church, but he's coming back for a church that is not beat up, beat down, limping along, but he's looking for a church that is strong, healthy, and whole, and is actually doing what the body of Christ is supposed to be doing. And that's not what the body of Christ of America has been doing as of late. But he says, when I come, that's what the church is going to look like. And so oftentimes, because the church doesn't look that way, we have found ourselves saying, wasn't it great when God moved back then? Maybe some of you have been in meetings or in in seasons of life where God was just doing tremendous things within the church and thinking, God... Wasn't it great when God was doing that? Wouldn't it be great for God to do those things today? And what we end up doing is we say what God did back then is better than what he's wanting to do now. Because the Bible says, behold, God is doing a new thing. And he says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And so when we say, wasn't it great back then? Wasn't it great when we had those services? Wasn't it great when God was doing that? We're just like the children of Egypt that says, wasn't it great or wasn't it better when we were back there? When we had this or when we had that. God's not wanting us to hunger after or crave after what was. He's wanting us to hunger for what is coming. And the fact of the matter is is that there are birthing pains in the body of Christ in the church of America today that God is beginning to move within His church, that we're beginning to see things that we've not seen in a long time. We're seeing people being saved, people being healed, people being set free simply because there is a moving and a stirring of God in the body of Christ. But here's the thing that's been troubling when you begin to look at the history of the church and the moves of God over the history of church. I mean, you go back just in the, well, just in the last few decades. You go back to the 1940s. Between the 1940s, I think 47, 48 to 57, 58, about a 10-year span of time, there was what was called the healing revival. And people were getting healed left and right. In fact, they, were, they would say, it's the easiest thing to get people healed. But that move of God came and went. And then in the early 70s, there was the charismatic movement. And people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. People were being set free. But that move came and went. And then there was the the Word movement where there was just a teaching and a hunger for the Word of God for people to begin to grow in their faith. And that move came and went. And then there was a move of God just not too long ago where the Spirit of God was moving to where they were just being blessed by the Holy Spirit. But the move came and it went. And every time that we see the move of God take place, it never lasted beyond the first generation. And the reason being is because man always got in the ditch. Always steered the move of God in the ditch. And the reason being is because people started seeking the move of God rather than the God of the move. You know, they were hungry. They were hungry and they were in church every service. Man, didn't want to miss it because, man, God's doing great things, man. Woo, we feel the presence of God, feel goosebumps all over. God's touching me. Oh, praise the Lord. Just can't get enough of the presence of God. But because there was lack of stability, 
lack of the Word of God to bring stability, a lack of a prayer life in their own individual life, they ended up going in the ditch, and therefore all they sought after was just the goosebump, the feel-good meeting, and as a result, it got in the ditch, and then therefore people just began saying, well, where did it go? It wasn't God's will to ever stop moving. It's just that we got in the way. In fact, I got a pastor friend, and he's starting to see God move in his church. And he's got a very large church. He's got a church of about 4,000 people. And we were just talking the other night, and he said, you know, he said, I'm almost scared of what I'm seeing. He said, because I'm seeing God move. He said, God's just doing some tremendous things. He said, we're seeing people get healed. And he says, but it scares me because I don't want it to become about us. He said, I want the move of God to be about people, that we end up reaching this lost and dying city. And he says, I've been praying. I told God, he said, God, if we just end up making it about us and make it a bless me club, he says, then stop the move right now. He said, because I don't want it. He says, I want a true move of God that blesses the church, but it engages and empowers the church to be the church. And so we've got a purpose to position ourselves to pray for those things, right? And we're in a season and a time that we've really got a purpose to be in the right place at the right time. Because the Bible says in the last days that people are going to have itchy ears to hear what they want to hear, right? I mean, you, you can go any, anywhere. If you want to hear a message of grace, you can go to a church in this city and hear on grace. If you wanted to hear a, a message on, well, whatever, you, you think of the topic. There are churches that specialize or that's their, their particular slant or whatever it might be, and you can find any church to scratch your ear if you've got an itchy ear to hear. But the most important thing is to be where God's called you to be because in that place is where the move of God is going to be for your life and where you experience the God of the move. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it's, it's troubling. I don't know if that's the right word. I guess it is. Because you see people get, getting itchy or getting antsy because we so want a move of God. And as I said, we've got to be careful because if we're not careful, we won't be where God wants us to be. I remember there's this one particular woman, she came to a church and she said, when she got to the church, you know, she started kind of doing her own thing, kind of just was uh, <laughs> acting out, if you will, and uh, kind of becoming a distraction. And so the pastor had a conversation with her and she just says, well, you know, I'm just doing this because... Uh, I just want to worship God, and that's how I worship God. So what she was saying is that I want church to be about me. And I said, well, I said, do you, do you feel that, uh, yeah, I was trying to be vague about it, and here I already said I said, so I let the cat out of the bag. So, <laughs> ah. so anyways, well, can we rewind that? Close your eyes, forget what I just said. Uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So I, when I got with this woman, I said to her, I said, has God called you to be at this church? And she said, I believe he has. I said, all right. I said, well, what has God called you here for? And she said, well, I believe God's called me here to, to really be able to establish my ministry. And I said, really? I said, well, that's good. I said, well, you, I really believe that God has a call on your life, and I believe that God wants to use you. 
And I said, but, I said, let me just help you out with something. I said, the Bible says this over in Ephesians. It says that those individuals that come to a church, the Bible says that there's a pastor over that church that is there specifically for the perfecting and the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. I said, so first of all, you said you had a work to do. You had a call. You have a ministry. I said, I believe that. And I said, but the Bible says that there's a pastor that's in your life that is here to perfect or mature you so that you can step into that place of ministry. And I said, so the first thing and the most important thing why you're here is because I'm here. I said, God placed you here so that I could be in your life to help you grow. Well, she didn't like that (laughs) because she thought she was fully matured and thought she knew a thing or two. And so she left the church. Well, so she went and started some ministry, and she did her own thing, and uh, so on and so forth. And so, uh, I'm trying to be careful. (laughs) And so, uh, in looking at the fruit of that ministry, as I began to look at that, I began to see exactly how she was towards me. Then I began to see the fruit of her ministry in other people that were under her ministry was the same thing. And so, but she's establishing a work. Now hold that in your thinking. Now, there was another individual that has, that had came to the church. Again, this was a number of years ago. And this was a gentleman and a nice guy. He and his wife, you know, they did music ministry. And when they came to the church, he, you know, they hung around for a while. Again, nice, loving people. And here's the thing. Whenever people come into your church, As a pastor, a pastor always can pick up the red flags. Do you know what I mean by that? For the general population in the church, they'll see people and think, oh, man, they are just so spiritual. They are just so full of God. And they might be. But then there's those other ones that come in. And for me, I see the red flag flapping as soon as they walk in the door. And what I mean by that is that either they have an agenda or they're off or they're here and they're going to bring division and schism. And so as a pastor, you go into protective mode. You know what I mean? And so this one particular man and woman, they came and nice people looked seemingly nice. And uh, as we got talking, he's like, you know, hey, I'd really like to get involved with your ministry. He said, now, I know God's called us to do some things. He said, but, uh, you know, we would love to help you with praise and worship in your church. And I said, well, hey, I said, let's get together and let's go talk about it. And, you know, we'll, we'll have lunch and, you know, just... See what's in your heart. So we went to Logan's, and uh, I can still see the booth that I was sitting in there. Uh, we were at Logan's eating our steak, and so as we're talking, he says to me, he says, he says, yeah, he says, uh, God's given me a ministry of correcting churches and, and correcting the error that pastors are doing in churches today. And I said, really? I said, Wow. And he says, yeah, he says, you know, there's so much stuff that's wrong with churches today. And God's just told me to go in there and clean house and begin to help them get their act together. Well, I, I, never, I never said anything to him. I wasn't going to debate or dispute it with him. I just thought, well, you've just kind of, you know, let me know exactly where you are. And where he's at is that he wants to correct or take the place of a role that he don't hold. Do you realize that the Bible says that the sheep are led by a shepherd, right? 
or a pastor is the shepherd. The pastor leads the sheep, not the other way around. Sheep don't lead pastors. Pastors lead sheep. Does that make sense? Now, as a pastor, I've got a pastor in my life, so therefore there is somebody that I submit to, somebody that I give voice to in my life, and therefore speaks into my life to have correction and direction and things of that nature. But as a pastor, I don't look down for correction. I look up for correction. Does that make sense? And so this, this gentleman was saying, I'm a sheep, but I'm going to come in, and, and, and my job is to correct all the shepherds. And so we just was kind of quiet about it and just watched how he did things. And then we had our growth track, our membership class. And so when we got into the membership class, there was a particular portion where we dealt with and uh, dealing with just maverick, lone ranger people. And I said, God has not ordained lone ranger, maverick people in the body of Christ. God has always connected us to be in fellowship and association with somebody else for accountability. And therefore, also, you're able to benefit the body of Christ. And therefore, you're not off doing your own thing. And you get in the ditch and you hurt people when you do your own thing. Are you tracking with me? And so after him hearing our philosophy of how we view ministry, we want people to be involved in ministry, but you're not going to come and be a lone ranger maverick in our church. You're going to come and be a part of the vision and support the body of Christ here. Well, that was the last time that I saw him. He went out about his way. Well, then I happened to see him in a meeting not too long ago. I'm like, hey, I said, or, or not too long ago, not too long after that particular membership class. And I said to him, I said, hey, I said, man, I haven't seen you in a while. I said, everything good? You know, you took membership class and then that was the last I seen of you. Well, I knew why he went, but I just thought I'd be kind and ask. And so he said, well, he said, you know what? He said, we just can't go to your kind of church. Too many rules around your place. I'm like, well, okay. Well, God bless you. Be warmed and be filled and, you know, (laughs) enjoy your life, you know. And so he went on and sure enough, they started their own ministry. And they started their own ministry here in this area. And they're doing their thing. And there's people that are going to their church. People that I know that have went to my church going to their church. And you would think, well, he's starting a church. They're seemingly doing great things. Yeah. Seemingly. It looks like it on the outside. But people get hurt when people aren't called into ministry positions. Does that make sense? And, and so I began to seek the Lord about it because... When you look at some of the things, you could say, well, people are getting blessed. People are maybe even getting healed. People are getting touched by God. So what's up with that? Why would they be in error if people are getting results? Well, you realize that the Bible says this, that says that God will confirm his word with signs following. So God is always looking to validate his word, even if it's a flake person that's delivering the message, right? Does that make sense? And so I began to ask the Lord. I said, Lord, help me with this. Give me some scripture to help define to me as to how to pinpoint this particular thing. I said, because when I look at it, I see people that are on the verge of getting hurt or I see down the road that there is going to be some major damage in the life of people's lives because they're not in the right place. That's what we were talking about when we first started in this time and this hour where the move of God is happening, being in the right place at the right time. And I said, God, help me with this because I'm really struggling. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, do you remember where it says in my word, don't be deceived for there will be many that come in my name and say that I am the Christ? And I said, yeah. 
I said, but God, they're not claiming that they're the Christ. They're not saying that they're Jesus. And he said, yes. He said, but the head and the body are the same. So rightfully, the body of Christ can be called Jesus. Are you tracking with me? And so they're coming and saying, we are the body of Christ. We are legitimate. We are. And as a result, they're coming and saying, we are the Christ, and therefore people are being deceived. You following with me? And then the Bible also says this. If you remember, Jesus said there would be those in that day that says, in that day, speaking the day in which we're living in, he says, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do miracles in your name? And Jesus said, I will say, depart from me. I never knew you. So once again, just because we're seeing some particular things in a particular scenario doesn't necessarily mean it's the right place. And my point in saying that is that people are so itchy and ready to run to the next move of God. Right? I know individuals. I'm thinking of a particular guy where he will go from meeting to meeting to meeting just looking for the next feel-good but is as unstable and is about as flaky as a bad case of dandruff. (laughs) You know what I mean? Now, the reason being, now, again, I'm not being hard and I'm not trying to be critical. But here's my point of getting back to where we're at. A move of God that is going to be sustained is a move of God that is going to be hinged upon the Word and the Spirit, meaning the Word and prayer. If we're not people of the word, if the word is not grounded in our heart, you'll be easily moved by circumstances. If you're not a person of prayer that you've learned how to hear the voice of God, you'll be pulled by other voices and say, this is God, this is God, come on over here. And you'll get yourself in a mess sometimes. And so therefore, I want us to truly become, and through this Wednesday night, I'm hoping, not hoping, I am believing and declaring and knowing that we're growing in the things of God. Growing in the word, becoming stable. The Bible says this. It says that the winds are blowing. He says the the storms are coming. But the man's house that is built upon the rock, it will not fall. It'll stand. But he said the one that's built upon the sand, he said the storms are still going to come. But he said it's going to fall. And it says great was its fall. See, we can chase after moves of God and be unstable because we're just chasing after a move. And we're thinking that we're growing, and we're thinking that we're excited and and, and that God's doing things in our life, but it's just the emotional high and no real spiritual growth as a result of that. And therefore, the foundation is sand. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, don't hear me saying that I don't want a move of God or that moves of God aren't important or that moves of God are not taking place. That's not what I'm saying. God is going to move in this last hour and it is going to be a move of God that sustains until he comes and returns. Not being lost with this generation, but there's going to be a group of people that are standing upon the word and upon the spirit of God and being able to follow his voice, know his voice and do exactly what God's called us to do. Do you realize God's called you to do something? And the move of God for that matter A move of God or revival, it doesn't start in the church. It starts in the church. You are the body. You are the church. And so if you're looking for somebody to prime your pump, you're going to be sorry. You've got a purpose to say, God, 
I'm going to go after you. I'm going to be hungry for you. I'm going to grow. And there's going to be a move of God in my home, in my life. That's what this whole 21 days of prayer and fasting is all about. To stir up the move. To stir up the spirit of God, the hunger on the inside. Amen? Amen. How are we doing on time? I got three minutes. Haven't even got to my message yet. Praise the Lord. (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) let me just open up with this or give you this verse in terms of prayer. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications, supplication for all saints. So what I want to bring to your attention there just real briefly is that it says praying always. So there is an attitude of prayer. And prayer is simply communicating or talking with God. Nothing more, nothing less. It doesn't have to be hard. You can be working out at the gym, having earphones in your head and having a communion with God. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? You can be driving down the road and just having time fellowshipping with God. It's been the weirdest thing. It's been kind of cool, but since we've started this fast, I've been waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I don't ever do that. I'm like, well, I'm up. Might as well go pray. Woo, praise the Lord. Well, I'm I'm liking that God has stirred me up at 5 o'clock in the morning because I can get up before the distractions do. But he says this, praying always with all prayer. That word all actually means or literally is saying all manner of prayer or what it defines is that there are different types of prayer. And we'll talk about that in just weeks ahead. But for the sake of just giving you some, there's the prayer of faith, there's the prayer of petition, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of intercession, uh, the prayer of commitment, the prayer of thanksgiving, and then obviously there's praise and worship. And so there's different types of prayer that we can get into or that we can tap into to get the highest result. But more importantly, it says this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In the Spirit. It denotes a place. The place isn't your prayer closet. That might be where you go pray. It might be beside your bed. It might be in the living room. It might be downstairs. It might be in your car. But that's not the actual place that you pray from. It's from the place in the Spirit. Now, where is that place? That place in the Spirit, and for the sake of time, we won't read it, but in Ephesians, it says that your place as a child of God is at the right hand of the Father. Far above all principalities and powers, every name that is named. It says that is your position and your place in the Spirit. So first of all, it's a position that we take by faith, right? So when I'm praying, I'm not praying from this place. So for instance, we're praying for a move of God for our church. Oh God, and that's how oftentimes we pray. Oh God, we just want you to move. God, we haven't seen you do anything in our church forever. Oh God, it's so dead, it's so stale, it's so dull, God. And we pray that way, and the way that we're praying from is from this place right here in the natural man saying, God, I don't see. God, I, 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 don't, I don't understand. But when you pray from your place in the Spirit, your place is in an elevated position at the right hand of the Father. So how do you think God sees things? He's like, I've just been waiting for you to ask. 
I've been waiting to send the Holy Spirit to move in your place. All I've been waiting for you to is open up your mouth and give me permission to move. But all you've been doing is bawling and squalling. That's not permission. He says, but now if you'll sit down in this seat and start to talk and pray from that place, it will sound a whole lot different. And it sounds like this. God, thank you that you're moving in my family. God, I thank you that you're moving in the life of my husband. He's coming to know you like never before. God, I thank you that our church is being poured out with your spirit. God, people are filling this place. God, we are a new church, a new face, and God, you're doing something miraculous in this place. Amen. Do you see the difference? You begin to declare and decree from your place to say, God, it's not going to be the same. F.F. Bosworth, he was used back in that time where the healing revival took place. And he went into a, into a city one time and he said, man, it felt like it was dead as a doornail. And he's like, God? And he said, this is how I prayed. He says, God, you don't think you're not going to move here, do you? <laughs> well, how arrogant can you be? No, he just said, God, I'm sitting in my place. I'm a minister of the gospel. You sent me here. And so if I'm going to be here, then there's going to be a move of God here. Yeah. And people's lives are going to be changed. So, we as a church body of believers, beginning to identify who we are, taking our place in the Spirit, saying, God, there's things that are going to change. There's things that are going to change. And I'm going to tell you about me, all right? You can, you can pray your prayer however you want to be. You can be sad and sappy all you want to, or you can be happy and glad and whatever else. But for me, finances in my life, they're changing increases on the way health in my body health in my family it's filling us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet we have strong immune systems you see on the news all the time another outbreak of what was it MRSA meningitis immediately as a parent you're saying oh dear god we're sending our kids into an infected place i double dog dare you devil try to put any kind of stuff on my kids my kids are my kids. They're covered by the blood of Jesus. And therefore, there's going to be a move of healing in my house. And therefore, you can't come near my house because there's a bloodline. And therefore, we're purposing to take our place. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? We're not subject to the enemy like the rest of the world is. We're taking our place. The devil might, be, might, might have been talking to you about your spouse saying, Well, you know, you might as well just settle. It's just never going to be any different than it is. You just tell that dirty dog to shut up. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. As for me and my house, my husband, my wife, we're a partner, we're a team, and we're going to fall madly in love with you and madly in love with each other, and we just can't stand, stand being apart from God and can't stand being apart from one another. That's right. right? Just because we're purposing to take our place. Amen. 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 Well, this is a whole different night than what we intended, but praise the Lord. <laughs> At least you can say the first part was good when the worship team was playing, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, hey, why don't we stand up tonight? Did you get anything out of this tonight? Yes. Praise God. That's right. Amen. Let's just agree together tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says that if two agree touching anything, they have what they ask. And so, God, I know that I've got at least one individual in this place that will agree with me. And so, God, we thank you 
that the Spirit of God is moving in this place. That revival is hitting this place, busting at the seams, overflowing this church with the presence and the power of God, and that the fame of your glory will spread round about. That our lives will be forever transformed. Being changed, God, because of being in your presence. But God, it's not just about simply being in your presence, but God coming aware of who you are through the Word of God and through prayer and communing and fellowshipping with you. And so God, as a result, God, there is such a residue of your presence and your glory upon each and every one of us that wherever we go, there is a fragrance of who you are. God, I thank you in our homes, the stink and the stench of the old life, the way the old things used to be, Lord, it's diffusing. And Lord, it is being replaced by the fragrance of the presence of God right now. Why? Because we said so. Because we said so. And because we give you permission to move in our homes. God, we thank you that our marriages are healthy and whole. Better than they've ever been before. Full of love, forgiveness, passion, patience. Oh, God, we thank you for revival in our marriages, in our homes, in our family. And God, we thank you that this place is becoming a light in this community. Because we said so. And because we agree with you. And God, we thank you that you're moving. Oh, God, we thank you that we're not getting restless of heart. But God, our feet are firmly planted and grounded. God, we worship you and we thank you. Hallelujah. And God, I thank you that the grace of God is moving in this place for finances. God, I'm tired of hearing people say that they're broke. I'm tired of hearing people say that they're hurting financially. You're a bigger God than that. And God, we're not stepkids. And God, you've never been, never been accused of child abuse. So God, we thank you that the grace will abound in this place for you to move in our lives in the area of finances. So God, we thank you that there's jobs, promotions, increase, benefits. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for just blessings that are coming. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you. Yep. Bonuses on the way in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Debt canceled in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, there's individuals right now that in the next, just in the short interim, the short season, God, there is individuals that are going to have debts canceled by the power of God. And all we'll be able to say is that, God, only you. And so, God, we thank you for that now. Come on, let's just praise God one last time. Father, we praise you. We thank you that you're faithful. God, we honor you tonight. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, you're so faithful. Thank you for moving. 
No, not that you're going to, but thank you that you are moving now. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen. Amen. Amen.